In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. Hello and welcome to Broads and Books. I'm Amy. And I'm Erin. And this is episode number 92. Don't you forget about me. And if you don't have the song in your head by now, just from those words, you are obviously not our age. I guess. I guess. But even so. Even so. Come on now. That should just automatically start. Yeah. This is obviously the song from Simple Minds Mm -hmm. from the mid 80s. Don't you forget about me from the seminal classic, The Breakfast Club. Yeah. And we chose it this week, just thinking about like people trying to make a mark, trying to be immortalized in some way, yes. trying to be remembered, trying not to be forgotten. forgotten. Don't forget about me. Just, I just need you to do one thing. <laughs> don't you forget. Just don't do it. About me. Don't do it. I like the the placement of you. Yeah. Don't you forget about exactly. me. Exactly. Because it could be just don't forget about me. But Right. This is a very deliberate um, attack. Or a targeting yes. of someone mm-hmm. that is threatened to forget yeah. about them. Yeah. And this singer's like, listen, asshole. Yeah. I'm not talking don't. to society as a I'm whole. I'm talking about you. You. Who refuse you. to see me. You. Yeah. Don't you forget about right. me. Right. I didn't think about the very personalized aspect of this. So there, this is a, this topic, like yeah. most of our topics, rich wide open rich but when you think about being immortalized or you think Mm. about heroes Mm -hmm. sometimes that makes me think of statues oh yeah yeah yeah. monuments yes indeed if they were going to build a statue or a monument Mm -hmm. in your honor Mm -hmm. to immortalize you yes what might you be doing in that statue slash monument we'll see i have two approaches here oh okay two pitches for the people who are going to make a statue for me okay all right okay so listen listen i will be the committee i'll be the steering committee you'll be the committee okay Okay. here's my first pitch okay pitch it to me it's me Uh uh-huh in a seat Uh with some sweatpants okay with my hand in a bag of reese's pieces okay my other hand on a book Uh uh-huh and then cats surrounding me okay rejected second pitch kidding it's kidding i love it it's perfect listen it's about the real people it is it's about the That's real perfect. life yes i don't have a superhero costume this is me in yes. my soft loose sweatpants yes which allow me to do what i want which is to sit and also i imagine should we ever get that hot reese's pieces sponsorship <laughs> dollars we're probably gonna, gonna have to that. sign it yeah. into the next life yes so. in perpetuity yeah yeah i like it all right here's my second pitch okay all right this one is a moving statue okay oh yeah there's moving parts oh okay okay so uh, start also with me okay, okay. Uh-huh. Uh, in uh-huh. uh loose clothing okay, okay. all right <laughs> understood all right <laughs> i am in a chair and i'm 
tippity typing uh-huh. away in my laptop. So imagine like the arms are moving on this statue. Oh. 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 Okay. That's it. That's all I'm doing. Just tippity typing. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so the moving part is your arms. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you imagine? It's like the this- little animal, you know, the Muppet at a drum set. Like, just real frantic. So is the monument cement and then you have Muppet arms? Or are we figuring out Listen, how to... Listen, I leave that up to you, okay. the committee, all right. All right. and whoever you choose yeah. to implement this vision of mine. Is this kind of like a, a nod to the writing? Yeah. Okay. Duh. Well, I didn't know if we were immortalizing your work or your writing or just your need for Google. Well, that's a good point. So that wasn't coming across clear. Yeah. So that may be something we I have to work the sta- on. With like the, the things that you've published should be, we could carve that oh, into that. Okay, somehow. okay, 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 okay. Right? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. otherwise, yeah, you're right. It looks like I'm just yeah. flapping my arms. Also, I feel like, if I may, yeah, oh, yeah, please. We want to add some hidden things into your statue Ooh, or monument. Okay, you know, okay, like yeah. really diehard Amy fans are going to understand and hmm. see. Hmm. Such as? Um, well, yeah, like the titles of your works mm, or, mm-hmm, you know, things mm-hmm. that only really diehard people know. We like, gotta one have like of a your... David Poe pin or something like yes, that. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, like, yeah. I think like a, a, a deer somewhere oh. to symbolize like one of your first stories. They That's put some correct. artwork with yes. it. Yes, uh-huh, uh-huh. You wouldn't know that if you weren't a diehard fan. But I also kind of like the idea of a deer just hanging out with me while I, you know. Yeah, it could be multiple things. <sighs> You're one with nature. You cared a like lot. like a woodland nymph. Yeah. Just typing away. <laughs> yes. <laughs> This could get so confusing and be so rife for internet chat rooms. But I mean, a lot of statues are confusing. Have you seen so, the one at the Des Moines Public Library? Yeah. Where it's just a rabbit crying. Yeah, why is the rabbit crying? Can because we talk about that for a minute? Because the rabbit is crying against the commercialization of children's literature. Okay. <laughs> okay. Literally, that's what the artist said when it was unveiled. It's just sad, though. It's, it's real sad. It's a real weird message to give. Yeah. Mine's going to be better. I mean, I appreciate what they're saying. I do. I just, it's, that's depressing. It really is I, depressing. I, I just. People are going to have the opposite reaction when they see mine. They're yes. going to be like, whoa, that is super weird, but I'm also sort of inspired. Yes. In a strange way. Yes. And Not I need sure to what know I'm inspired more. to do. I need to know more. Yes. I need to understand all these symbols, all these random things. Yes. Yeah. And also do her arms look like that in real life? Yes, they yep. move just like that. That's exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So thinking about, you know, heroes, mm-hmm. idols, who was one of your strangest, oddest idols when you were younger? Well, <laughs> I had two. But one specifically, I was obsessed with Jane Pauley. <laughs> oh, okay. 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 Yep. I mean, my first because reaction was like, of course you were. Yeah. Yeah. Just knowing you. Right. Yeah. I, she was like at the height when I was growing up and knew her, like of in starting out in investigative journalism. Like yeah. she was like the face of like the Dateline 48 Hours type of thing. And I was like, I am going to be Jane Polly. Yeah. Like that is what I'm going to do. Yeah. But what's weird about it is now sometimes I see her on the CBS Sunday morning show with that weird trumpet. And it's like they, if you... You know, if you know, okay, if you I don't watch know. the CBS yeah, no. Morning News. Okay, there's a very strange trumpet beginning. Okay, and okay. it looks like she's on a set from 1982. Oh no! And she's like, "This Sunday we have," and then it's always like something with Mo Rocca and like a random dish at a restaurant, and it's never quite the oh, same. No, and so I'm like, "What things happened? have changed?" Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so you wanted a certain era of Jane yes, Polly to be clear. Got it. Yeah. Okay. And I'm not trying to knock on Jane Polly because no, no. I'm sure that's a great gig. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie that sometimes I get sucked in and, and watch some of the stories. Sure. But most of the time when I see that weird sun mm-hmm. and I hear that weird trumpet, mm-hmm. I think I'm out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fair. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who was your other one? Anderson Cooper. <laughs> So we got a theme. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. 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 What was it about Anderson that you particularly liked? I don't. I think it was his style of yeah. delivering things. But yeah. I, and I didn't really know him that well, even as a newscaster. But like I read his book early on. One of and I was just fascinated with how he grew up. But I also like every time I saw him in interviews, I thought he struck such a balance of being very intelligent and knowing a lot uh-huh. and being a little bit like. There was a little edge. Yeah. A little bit yeah. sarcastic and uh-huh. funny, which he still kind of has now. Uh-huh. And I just really appreciated that. 
I can definitely see that. Mm-hmm. I can see both of those. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh. Mm-hmm. Little Aaron. Yeah. Looking up to Jane yeah. Polly and later as you got older to Anderson Cooper. Cooper. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. fantastic. You know, what can you do? Yeah. I guess. But so, I mean, I'm sure you have them. We've talked about some of yours heroes too, but why do you think the concept of heroes or idols is so appealing? I think because once we name them heroes or idols, they're not real anymore. Like you don't mm. think of heroes peeing. You don't think of them. Oh, yeah. You don't think of them with upset tum tums. <laughs> you don't think about heroes with acne. Oh, that's true. You know, yeah. like we we turn them sort of inhuman in that way. Like it's this impossible thing that we could never like become. But yeah. at the same time, it's like, oh, they're better than us because they're they're not human anymore. Right. They don't do all this stupid shit that we have to do. Mm-hmm. They don't eat food. No. Yeah. Which is do. why those things are so appealing. Like in Us Weekly, yes. they're just like us. Yes. And you see them like getting gas and your mind is blown. Right. It's like, oh my God, they are human? Yeah. What? what? Hmm. So I, I don't know. Yeah. That's what, you know, I, that's a good point. And thinking of like when I was younger, I remember even from a young age telling myself in a way like there's no heroes because no one's real kind of thing. Like, mm. or there's no heroes because they're always going to let you down. I was real, I was real dark even as a kid. I think I just always knew that like, don't look up to people too much because they're going to disappoint you or you're going to find out something that's not. That's not. Yeah. yeah. So you can maybe admire somebody, but don't like worship somebody. Mm. And then you just fell deep into a rabbit hole with David Bowie. I did. But that was once I was an adult where I decided, you know what? I'm going to let that inner child that wasn't allowing myself to have any fun yeah. come out. I'm glad. And I think you picked a perfect person. I'm sure that David Bowie did, in fact, pee. And that he did maybe have acne at some point. <laughs> not what I... <laughs> I'm sure he did, in fact, pee. <laughs> I mean, uh, I assume. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, we, can, you know, we don't know, but we, we don't assume. Know. Yeah. And I imagine he had a stomachache from time to time. But, you know, that's all right. There's no facts that say yay or nay. (laughs) (laughs) What did you think I was going to say? I'm sure he had his flaws or he wasn't perfect. (laughs) But you went with, I'm sure that he peed. I think that has to be true. (laughs) I'm just taking what I know. Of the human body. And assuming. And applying it. Yeah, yeah. And assuming. But yeah, I know that assuming makes an ass out of you and me, but here I'm gonna go ahead and assume. I think that you're yeah. safe in this one. Yeah. I think you're safe. <laughs> I think you are safe. I'm gonna give that to you. Oh good. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Erin. You're welcome. You know, some heroes or idols, like the idea is that they're gonna live forever, mm-hmm. you know, by just our esteem in them. But if you were going to actually live forever mm-hmm. and you could pick what age mm-hmm. you would live forever as what age would you pick? Well, okay, I kept thinking about this, but I think I want to revise it just a touch and okay. say that I want to live my life all the way, and then I just keep being reborn Ooh, at a certain age. Okay, so I want to okay. live all the way, and then I just want to be reborn in my thirties. Okay, like just boom, I get because then I want to be able to have all that knowledge. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't give it. I was like, I don't want to be here because then I wouldn't know this, exactly. and I don't want to say now because I don't know what I'm going to learn. I, it, that's a great way because I was thinking about this too and thinking like, God, I guess I could say now, but maybe I'll get better. Yeah. I mean. Let's hope let's that hope. I have more to learn. Let's hope. Right. And I didn't want to say my 20s because your 20s suck. I know. I know. I was tempted to say college because I was yes. thinking, oh, that's a time in your life when you just get to learn everything. You just get and to that's learn. what your life is about. Yes. But then I was like, I don't want to live like But also like we were that. stressed the F out trying yes. to make money and trying to yeah. have student loans. And that was so like, it wasn't that fun that part oh and your 20s you don't know what the hell's going on your 30s are great yeah but there's still so much to learn yes that's a wonderful way you just you tripped up the system that we ourselves created yes and you said this is what we're gonna do this is how we're gonna do it okay Mm -hmm. anywhere specific in your 30s um like mid I think good 35 yeah I'm fine with that yeah yeah I don't really have I guess I don't really have that many qualms about aging so it's not really like an age it's more a knowledge thing like I just don't want to have to go backwards and learn certain lessons over Mm -hmm. so I like around 35 because that's before my body started 
breaking down. Yeah. And, you know, I would like to have some physical health as well as all Mm -hmm. the knowledge. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because now, like, I run the mower yesterday and my wrists have been hurting ever since. Wow. Well, you have rough terrain. I mean. That's also because I'm 43. Well, okay. So there's that. But also, I mean. I do have. Your yard isn't perfectly smooth. (laughs) So your your wrists are going to absorb all that shock. That's. Thank you, Erin. You're, You're making welcome. me feel better about this, yeah, about my, you know. If I were an orthopedic doctor, I oh. would say we need to be careful how much we mow the lawn. Uh, okay, okay. So. Well, there is a factor of the neighbors looking askance if the, you know, the grass. But that is a pressure I'm putting upon myself. Well, You're right. if you You're want, right. as an orthopedic doctor, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I will yeah. prescribe you a okay. wrist. Oh, um, Actually, that's not a bad idea. Turn, yeah, yeah, you know, to keep it in place. And uh-huh, then when they uh-huh. look askance, you can hold it up and say, I have a condition! <laughs> That's what I, I mean. I think that's some great yeah. medical advice. Thank Brace. You. I couldn't think of the word. Brace. It, I got gotcha. That's what I was yeah. looking for. I was going to say Yeah, cast. you're right. There wasn't the visual that you were showing me yeah. where you were twisting your arm like around. all the single ladies, but yeah. that, was to mean, that was to mean brace. So it was the single ladies dance, but I meant it to mean brace. So, and yep. once okay. again, you prove why you're my ride or die because you understood I was not fat dancing. Uh, yeah, no. No, I got it. But I was trying to communicate brace. I've got you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is very helpful. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we solved that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do hope you know that if I'm ever in like a horrific accident uh-huh. and I can't communicate, yeah. that is clearly <laughs> instructed to my family to bring you in <laughs> because we need a translator. Yeah. What does she mean? What is this face saying? Yeah. 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 And you can come in and be like, her tum tum hurts. Yeah. She needs to use the bathroom yep. and she wants you all to leave. Yeah. Because she's a real person and has to pee. <laughs> and so she needs some privacy, damn it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She needs you back off. Whew. I like it. Good. Yeah. Well, for fiction picks. Yes. On the vein of don't you forget about don't me. Don't you do it. Yeah. Don't do it. I have a novel that came out last year. Uh, it's called The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue Ooh. by V.E. Schwab. Yes. So did you read this one? No, I, I saw it and I okay. I have to admit there was multiple times that I thought this sounds like Amy would love this book. Well, well done, ride or die. <laughs> So Addie is a young woman in France in 1714, and she's about to be married off. And she doesn't like the person she's about to be married off to. She doesn't like the idea that she's just going to be married off. Fair enough. Fair enough. But she runs away. And just out in the woods at night, she's pleading with anyone, everyone who listens, help me get me out of this situation. Mm -hmm. And a dark spirit says, sure, Mm. I'll help you. Dark spirits, man. Yeah. He's like, I'll save you, and here's the deal. You'll live how you want, and you can live forever if you want. But no one will remember you. No one but me. So for 300 years, she lives a life that, you know, in all, for all intents and purposes, looks great. She can go anywhere. She can do anything. She can steal stuff without people remembering who she is. Like, she can find her way to live. She can do what she wants. She can love who she wants. But with every single person that she meets, the minute she's out of their sight, they instantly forget her. They have no idea uh, what was happening, where they are, who this person was, any of that. Meanwhile, along that time, the dark spirit keeps checking in. Like, how you doing? How you doing, Addie? Have you had enough? Because when you're done with this, when you're done with this sort of torment that you've found here, where no one remembers you, your soul becomes mine. Whew. So that is the concept. That's a that's not a choice. It's not a choice. That's no. not a good choice. But you know, I mean, she considers it again and again because yeah. it is a long, long life, which is what she wanted in some ways, but you know, no one is I mean, it, yeah. it's extremely lonely. Yeah. But then in New York, one day in 2014, she goes to a bookstore and she meets Henry. And when she sees him uh, for the second time, he remembers her. So they are drawn together to try and figure out like, oh my gosh, why? How can you remember me? And how are they connected? And can they find in each other what they're needing? Yeah. So I chose it for this theme because Addie wanted a different life where she could live for herself, like any woman of that time, right? But in her rush, she gave away her right to be remembered. 
And so she may be immortal, but only in her body, not in her spirit. One thing cool, though, and we see like little bits of her past. She does persist within those sort of parameters that the dark spirit has given her. Because one way she figures out how to make a mark is sort of being a muse by planting ideas, giving musicians and artists and writers the ideas that are going to make their career. And they may not remember how they got those ideas, but those ideas will become huge one day. This is one of those big, rich, epic books that you just sink into. And when you put it down, you can't wait to pick it up again and add to that this idea of leaving a mark. And it's terrific. It's a great read. And uh, you got to get into it. It Sounds great. Yes. I love that, you know, Dark Spirit is snarky. Yeah. And he's just, uh, you know, trying to mess with her. I love the idea, too, that in this very difficult position that you're in this very difficult choice that you still found ways to leave a mark Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it kind of speaks to the human experience too right that we're all afraid a little bit like what does this life mean like what are we leaving behind what is anyone going to remember me for yeah or why am i doing all of this like what what matters yeah And, and and she sort of then puts all of her need for love and connection into that act mm-hmm. of, into that like you know if you if you're not going to remember me at least I can somehow you know have this connection be made apparent to the world yeah which is really cool yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. interesting I love yeah. I am fascinated by authors that come up with these amazing premise like my mind just does not work that way to come up you know oh I'm in this world there's a dark spirit is going to mm-hmm. offer this like I love stories like that, and it just that's just not how my brain works. Well, it's and I amazing. love this kind of stuff, too, where you kind of drop into history, and you see people that you'll recognize, and you hear stories that you'll recognize, and some that, you know, are, are purely, purely fictional, but it's, it's kind of a cool look at yeah. history, too. Yeah. Very good. Mm-hmm. Perfect for this theme. Yes. Well, oddly enough, the book that I picked this week also has a little bit of the spirit world. What? It. It's called You Up. By Katie DeSabato. And you know, Sarah Weinman was just mentioning this. Yes. In fact, I I think she said we are vibing when I said I just started she did, this in book. Fact, and yeah. that was one of the moments where I was watching you very carefully to see if your head did explode. Yeah. It, it did not. It did not. I kept it intact, it but intact. it almost did. Yeah. Uh-huh. When we got off, it exploded a little bit. Uh, okay. Okay. I spent the rest of the day piecing it back together. <laughs> healing. We're okay. But I really had just started this book when we had... Um, spoken to her and she said that she it was one of the books that had surprised her yes. this year yeah and i have to wholeheartedly say the exact same thing is that it's it's very surprising it's very different than i thought that it was hmm. going to be and it was great it was just published in february 2021 so there's this group of four friends and eve is kind of the center she's very unique um and kind of beats to her own drum but she's very close to these other people she's got ezra who's like probably her other best friend in the group he happens to be dating one of their other friends Nas, and then they have a friend miggy or miguel and when the book opens we're opening on a very very sad time for them as this is the one year anniversary of when miggy committed suicide the year before so they're all like really trying to get through this together Um, So we're learning a lot about Eve right out of the gate. We learn that she um, is very intelligent. She has a really strong personality, but she very carefully cultivates her online presence. So she's very concerned about seeing very attractive and cool to other people. The whole way that she takes pictures, what she says, the captions, you know, when she's scrolling through what grabs her attention on other people's feeds. Mm -hmm. We also learn right away that she can communicate with ghosts. And she's known this for a long time. And she has gone to various teachers to hone that skill. And she's, it's just part of her life. And the other friend in the group, Nas, can also do that. Oh, my gosh. And Ezra cannot. He doesn't. So does Ezra know that those two can do this? On a level, but not, not, I don't think he entirely understands. Okay. Okay. So we learn pretty quickly that Eve can actually communicate with Miggy via text because he's a ghost oh my god and because they had he can communicate with her that way so ghosts have cell phones that's what he says he found it and he was shocked and so he tried texting her and that's how it started this is amazing yeah it's such an interesting premise so ezra's going through this he's trying to deal with this friend she's dealing with it in a different way because she can still communicate with him and in the middle of this ezra and nas break up and ezra disappears 
And so Eve is beside herself because this feels all too real again yeah. that she's losing a friend. And so she's doing all this backward investigating to see what's going on. And she's not listening to anyone. She won't listen to Nas. She won't listen to Miggy. She's just sort of kind of on this destructive path of like, I have to find where he is. Oh, Why would no. he do this to me? And that is like one storyline. The friend's another storyline. And there's so many others going on. It's just so different than what I expected it to be. And it had so much more to say than just a really interesting kind of premise and story. It had this so whole underlying thing about social media and its ability to sort of allow us to, first of all, put a certain image forward, but also allow us to pretend we don't have flaws. Mm-hmm. So much so that sometimes we start to believe we don't or kind of take the onus out of having to do anything about those flaws. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of what Eve is faced with, that maybe because she can communicate with ghosts and maybe because she has been dealing with this loss, she hasn't been maybe as good of a friend as she could have been. Or maybe she's not admitting feelings that she actually has because it's easier just to pretend they don't exist or it's easier to do something flippant or hurtful. Mm -hmm so that she doesn't have to deal with whatever's in front of her. So it's like, and it reads so quickly because you're reading a lot of text message conversations, but there's also a storyline going on. I loved it. I thought that it was unique and different and such an interesting way to think about the spiritual world. Yeah. With this communication, she sees other ghosts all along the way, which makes it can be funny and interesting as well, you know, when she's walking into rooms and, um, I really enjoyed it. That's wonderful. Yeah. Two things. I think uh, it's interesting that there's the social media angle. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like with social media, we can almost try and uh, present ourselves as idols or yes. as heroes in, in our own story and the way that we always present positive things to the public versus, you know, mm-hmm. everything else. So that's an interesting thing. And she... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. She also... It's very interesting how she... When Ezra disappears, most of her clues come from the fact, well, he hasn't posted on social media and he hasn't responded to this and he hasn't done that. It's like we allow that to take the place of the actual person. Like she's not listening to what he's trying to communicate by stepping back and taking a break. She's sure something's wrong because why wouldn't you put your whole life out there? Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't it be on Instagram? Yeah. So, yeah. and she, you know, at one point she's offended because she notices that he comments on somebody else's something, but she, he hasn't responded to her. Oh, so there's such all these... a modern thing. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh. But in that context, interesting, because that's true. Like you, yes. people have started to judge other people's behavior by what they can figure out online mm-hmm. as opposed to a conversation or what actually takes place. Yeah. It reminds me of a conversation I had after going on a trip a couple years ago, um, and it was to a, a writing conference, and I really didn't enjoy it. And but I was posting some pictures while I was there. And when I came home, uh, another friend like asked like how it was, and I was like, "Oh God, it sucked." And he's like, "Well, your social media looked beautiful." I'm like, "Come on now, we know how this works." Yeah, yeah. Like I was posting the good stuff. I yeah. wasn't posting how I was super overwhelmed by this schedule and I hated every second of it. Yes. I was posting the pretty thing I saw from my Airbnb. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're so, yeah, your social media look great. <laughs> well, well, good. Good. So good. Cool, but that's not that's not the truth. Come right. Yeah. yeah. Uh the other thing is I love the idea of the dead having cell phones. So much. That's so great. So much. Yes. Love it. Yeah. And it's such an interesting concept in this book in particular because she's really working through something, you know, like able to ask him questions about like why did you commit suicide? Like yeah. why weren't we enough? I mean, oh, there's these some man. very difficult conversations that you wouldn't normally get to have that she sort of gets to have. Yeah. So, yeah, it's very fascinating. It goes a lot of different directions and I Excellent. loved it. Excellent. Yeah. And you and Sarah Wyman were vibing. We were vibing about yeah. this book. Well, I think that opens the door for you to, you know, check in now that you've finished the book. Yes. You're like, Sarah. It was so, you're it right. It was so good. So surprising. Can we talk about this? Yes. Over coffee. I will be there in <laughs> a couple days. I have to get a flight. <laughs> we will make this happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's not creepy at all. Not at all. Mm. Perfect. Well, for other genre pick, I chose a sort of memoir, sort of mm. essays, Um, It's called I'm Still Here, Black Dignity in a World Made for Whiteness Mm. by Austin Shanning Brown. 
And this came out in 2018, but uh, with the events of last summer, it experienced a major resurgence and it was getting a ton of new press uh, as of last year. And I think that even Reese Witherspoon chose it for her book club uh, oh. last summer. Oh. So getting a, a bunch of play, which is fantastic. Yeah. So here's a story we learn early on to sort of encapsulate what you're going to read. At age seven, the author discovers that her parents named her Austin so that future employers <coughs> thinks that she was a white man. Brilliant. Also, that's a lot for a kid to take on. Wow. It's like everything you need to know about our society and racism right there. Yeah. Yeah. So this book then is stories of Austin trying to reconcile what it means to be black in a world that definitely favors white. And not only that, to to appreciate, even love her blackness, even though it makes her sort of less than Mm -hmm. in America. So she describes growing up in Toledo in a pretty white area. And then after her parents' divorce, she moves to a mostly black area in Cleveland. So it's a bit of a culture shock in a way and a time where she's learning about black history and worshiping in a black church. She describes beginning to sort of grapple with and understand the the violence of American history and how that violence has been focused on bodies like hers, black bodies. And she also describes becoming an activist and a trainer, even though it's exhausting. So after presenting on racism to groups like corporate groups, uh, many will come up to her and confess their own racist ideas and actions. Oh, my gosh. One it's not a freaking priest. It's not confession time. And two, do you think she's not hurt by that? Like, it's it's one of those situations where, again, it's just like, what is wrong with people? Come on like, now. What would inspire you to do right. that? Like, you're going to go up to them and say the, the many times that you said the N-word? Like, what is, the, what is this about? Yes. Yeah. So... Another interesting thing, though, she also dissects religion today Mm. and how Christianity is very important to her. And it's been something that she grew up with and still believes in. But today's religion practiced by white evangelicals is based around pushing her out Mm. and it accepts and encourages racism. And she has to really grapple with that and try and figure out, like, what can we still believe in without all these extra political and racist trappings? Mm -hmm. And does that still allow for worship does that still you know allow for people who are not white Mm -hmm. to come in so i chose it for this theme um because i think it's all about being individual about Mm -hmm. being remembered and to have dignity and i think that that's uh, an important way of of not being forgotten Mm -hmm. as well Um, especially in a world that wants to forget you that doesn't want to allow you to have dignity and more than that an entire people being systematically erased um, there's a great quote here. It's a little bit long, but I think this kind of encapsulates what, what you're going to find. White people are exhausting. <laughs> it's work to be the only person of color in an organization bearing the weight of all your white coworkers' questions about blackness. It's work to always be hyper visible because of your skin, easily identified as being present or absent, but for your needs to be completely invisible to those around you. The danger of letting whiteness walk off with our joy, our peace, our sense of dignity and self-love is ever present. So this kind of stuff that she's writing about, that she's grappling with, and it's it's really powerful and uh, especially uh, relevant to this theme. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I might need to pick that up. Mm Mm-hmm. That's funny that you said that about the name, too, because when you said it, I was like, it took me a minute. I thought, did I I hear her wrong? Yeah. Yeah. But. Which then, like demonstrates everything that she says about our assumptions about the way that society is set up everything yeah yeah exactly Mm -hmm. oh wow well for my other genre this week i picked a book called barbara the slut (laughs) by (laughs) lauren holmes (laughs) that was the sound of my head hitting the microphone because i had a good guffaw you did that one you did as you Uh should as you should barbara is a slut barbara the slut by lauren holmes published in 2015 this is a collection of short stories and i specifically picked it this week because um all of the characters in each of the stories are kind of iconic for different reasons Mm. they're kind of like this um immortal kind of don't you forget about me ideal um in particular one i'll just write off the bat the title story barbara the slut is the reason I picked it for this topic, this story. So she's this incredibly smart, got it all together high schooler who got into Princeton, but also has to take care of her brother who has a disability. But 
she's known for something else entirely at school. Mm. And that's the fact because she likes sex. Mm-hmm. And she gets around and she doesn't care. Mm-hmm. And I love this because it forces the idea that multiple things can be true. Mm-hmm. And I think especially when someone's idolized or immortalized, we tend to make them one dimensional. We diminish that's the so other true. parts of them. Yeah. And especially the parts that maybe don't stand out as much. And this story of Barbara the Slut is like the perfect example of that. Mm-hmm. She's known for one thing without realizing she's probably the smartest person in their class. She's probably going to go the farthest. She's probably going to have the best career. All of those things. She's a great person. She's a good friend. You know, none of that matters because of this other thing became yeah. what she's yeah. known for. Um, there's so much humor in these stories, but there's also this feeling of being seen because we relate. I, at least I related to the characters because what they want changes a lot in mm-hmm. each of the stories as they get information or their circumstances change. And that felt very real life to me. You know, we start out thinking, this is what I want. This is what I want. And then you learn other things or you yeah. encounter other people or your ideas are challenged and you think, yeah, you know what? I, I don't want that. I mm-hmm. want this. Or you finally maybe get comfortable enough with yourself to say, yeah, I don't want what everybody else wants. I want something entirely different. Yeah. So another one of my favorite stories is called Desert Hearts. And in this one, a woman takes a job selling sex toys because she doesn't really have any desire to get a job. She has a law degree, but she mainly did that because her dad made her and she doesn't really want to do it. So she decides to sell sex toys instead. I think and that's it's a, a delight. Logical, especially after going to law school. That'd be fun. It's perfect. Yeah. It's a perfect connector. Um, there's another one called Pearl and the Swiss Guy Fall in Love. And this one I could relate to so much because it's a woman who invites a man back to her an apartment. She assumes it's going to be a one night stand because he has to leave the next day. Uh-huh. So it's perfect. Yeah. There's no like that attachment. There's no, we have to discuss this. And then for some reason he delays his flight and then he does oh, it no. another day. Uh. And then pretty soon she just has to say, get out of my apartment. And that, that is like a nightmare. It is. But also the transition in the story is so brilliant of her starting like, oh, this guy's attractive. Like, this is going to be fun. Like, uh-huh. this is great. Oh, and like the things that she finds quirky and funny on the first night. And then day oh, two, God. you're like, that's no, I'm yeah. over it. You need to leave. <laughs> that's wonderful. It's terrific. And all of the stories to me are a good example of this theme this week of, you know, we want to not be forgotten, but exactly for what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point, too, yeah. about like if we get to control how we're remembered mm-hmm. and not forgotten, or if we're, you know, given a title like slut and then that, yeah. you know. Famous or infamous. Mm-hmm. You know, the kind of. Yeah. Two ways of that. That sounds wonderful. It's a fantastic title. It's, I mean, how could you not read it? Yeah. It's terrific. Yeah. <laughs> Pop culture wise. Yes. I've got a movie, a movie film. Okay. A movie, a cinematic feature, a as cinematic we like to say feature. now. <laughs> that appears on the Netflix. Okay. It actually came out in 2017, mm. but it came to Netflix early this year because it was snapped up by Ava DuVernay's company, oh, Array, uh-huh. and it's called Alaska is a Drag. Oh. So Leo is a young black gay man working in a fish cannery in Alaska. And if that sounds disgusting, imagine being a vegan and watching that shit because it's nasty. I can't. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised you finished. Well, because that's not the primary focus. Good, but good. So he's working at this fish cannery, and all day long, though, he's dreaming of glamour and stardom. He and his twin sister, Tristan, they have plans. They are going to save up. They're going to leave this small town in Alaska, and he is going to find stardom as a drag superstar. Yes. Yes. So they spend a lot of time at the one gay bar for like 100 miles, <laughs> and the owner is Margaret Cho. Of course. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, though, at the fish cannery and just basically in his small town, he's getting in a lot of fights because many locals don't like him and what he represents. They don't like the fact that he is very secure in what he wants Mm. and very secure in who he is. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the good news there is because he's become practiced at fights, Leo starts training as a boxer with his boss. And at the same time, he meets a new guy in town, Declan, who likes to hang around the twins. So... Leo enters a boxing competition. Oh, boy. But his sister also enters him in a drag competition on the same day. And this is his first drag competition. And this is his major, you know, his his break. He wants to become a drag superstar. So that sets up, you know, where things go from there. This is is fun. 
This is beautiful. It's entertaining. It's a very sweet story about trying to stand out in maybe a very unlikely way in the most unlikely of places. Yeah. And that's why I chose it for this theme, because I think Leo could just work and live like everyone around him, but he knows that he's meant for more. And he's different. And that has been a bad thing to some people, but he just, he thinks it's a good thing. He Mm -hmm. wants to make it a good thing. And he wants to show everyone that he thinks it's a good thing. I love all the actors. I love the director. I love that Ava DuVernay is bringing stuff like this to greater attention. Yeah. It's just a win. Alaska is a drag. That's a great title. Yes. To go with that whole premise. Yes. There are multiple scenes where Leo and his sister Tristan are walking home from the cannery and they're walking down like a, a, a sort of wooded path and they're walking, walking and then stop and then they strut and they're posing. <laughs> it's fantastic. I like that. Yeah. I like that idea just to do That's that. great. I feel like we could do that. I feel like we could definitely do that. So I want you to watch this movie. Okay. Take notes on how they do this. Okay. And then from now on, when we walk into the library, this is what we're going to do. Boom. Yeah. And when we walk into a local bookstore, this is what we're going to do. Yes. When we walk into Big Acai, this This is is definitely what we're going to do. We're going to do that for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Good. I like this plan. Generally, it should be done when we're together. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't recommend no. that we do it on our own. I think, yeah. There's yeah. there's strength in numbers Definitely. in this case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Agreed. Well, I also picked a movie from Netflix. A movie a film. A movie film. A cinematic feature that yes. you have seen as well. Oh. Yes. It's called I Care A Lot. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. That's a good pick. It's, it's so stars Rosamund Pike, who... I mean, has the sharpest haircut known to man. Yes. Yeah. It's just very severe. Yes. That's the right it word for slick. it. Sharpest. Yes. Yeah. How? You can cut. I feel like you glass. have to trim that every day. Yes. Because if one piece got out of place, if one You're piece done. was slightly longer, that yeah. is the whole thing's ruined. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're that right. haircut makes her in this. It movie. does. It does. So she's uh stars a lady who's made a practice and a lot of money. Oh yeah. A lot. By draining elderly patients that she puts into her care. So she basically tricks the courts mm-hmm. into thinking they can't care for themselves. She signs over all their assets to supposedly pay for their care. And then she puts them in facilities that are also in on the scam mm-hmm. and she fleeces them. And a then, horrifying, horrifying idea. Also brilliant. Yeah, brilliant and horrifying. Mm-hmm. And then she makes the mistake of picking the exact wrong patient yes, she to does. do this to. And she it is an adventure from there that you can't possibly see coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I will tell you that Chris Messina's character in it is a delight oh boy i feel things when i saw him in his very sharp suit he was a sharp dressed man and just his whole demeanor it was great Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so i don't want to say too much more because i feel like you almost say that peter dinklage is in it yes peter dinklage is in it Uh yeah i was almost hesitant just because there's so many surprises that come about but needless to say she goes on a ride and there are times that you dislike her quite a bit and times that you are like oh my gosh she's amazing yes which was really how about for you like it felt like i was on a roller coaster where i was like oh this is awesome she's gonna get out of this and like oh shit do i want her to get out of this yeah i don't know if i want her to get out of this i know yeah yeah Uh i had the exact same feeling where Mm -hmm. you're like oh 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 well okay Mm -hmm. so she's yeah spectacular ending the whole thing is just has a lot to say about heroes and what kind of being remembered we put out there how we're remembered yes yes also i read about i did not see this but in an interview rosamund pike um who has gotten a lot of award buzz about this and has won other awards um she mentioned that she buries her awards in her garden so that only little pieces of it stick up what? yeah because she thinks that it's weird to have them in her house and have people come through and be like oh here's my awards wait, so instead wait, wait, wait. so it's not weird right to bury them in your yard right and With have little, little tiny pieces of it showing which actually i feel like might be like I think what she's trying to say is when it's in her house, it's a weird conversation piece, but it almost makes it more of a conversation piece. So much weird piece. because if you're out in the lawn and let's say you're, uh, you know, a person that does not live at that house, mm-hmm. and let's say God forbid you've taken your shoe off, and you step on one of those awards, yeah, 
What? She also made the point that I don't think she intends to dig them up if she moves because she said, yeah, someday I like to think about the fact that like somebody's going to find them in the yard and be like, what? What are these? What? So she's either the most brilliant at giving a big F you to the whole machine that is Hollywood or she's a weirdo. And either way, (laughs) I like it. I appreciate it. Either way. Yeah. Uh I will say that uh, that'd be a mowing nightmare. Yeah. I mean, well, coming I don't back know if to it's mowing. Specific in her garden, like so, you probably wouldn't oh, mow over that part. But... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was picturing just in the yard. So she's probably got a yard person, don't you think? I, well, that that's true. And I wonder if that poor yard person is like, why? Why, why? did you have to do this? <gasps> this makes oh, another this... one. She won another one. Oh my god. Okay, <laughs> thought that was a gnome. We broke it's another mower. <laughs> like what? We broke another trimmer. And also, the only other thing it made me think was. If I was one of the other actresses in the category that she beat me out and she buried her gold gold oh, card, and I'd be like, seriously, what? yeah. Also, what do you think about that? Because I, I feel like okay, yes, it is a messed up system. It's probably very strange to feel like you're judging one actor over another, but yeah, you won an award. You put a lot of work into yes. that yeah. role, and I feel like I'd be okay with putting an award out. Yeah. She says, it. she goes, it's probably some very deep-rooted imposter syndrome I haven't that's, dealt yeah, with. that's fair. Yeah. But I agree. I don't think that, I think that that's a, a there's a level we're putting out an award oh, would for be sure. weird. And that's like your bowling trophy. Or like if someone yeah. still has their high school awards out. That's a weird behavior. That's like you're trying to get attention. But if you win like a prestige, you win a Golden Globe, you win a Nobel Prize, you win some, yeah. you know, Faulkner Writing Award, whatever. Yes. You deserve to have that front and center. Yes. You did the work. Now that said, I would not create like an award um, shrine and then make all of my visitors to the house like walk past mm. it and then explain it all. I mean, that might be crossing a line. However. I'm going to reserve that right because I've never won <laughs> an award that big. So if That's I true. did. That's true. I don't want to promise I wouldn't make That's people walk point. by it. That's a good point. I don't know that I wouldn't be tempted to put in one of those things where you push a button and it explains <gasps> it like in a museum. That's actually better because then it's like, oh, you found it on your own. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to slip away to the Yeah, bathroom. I'm just going to go over here. Feel free to walk that around. That looks very Look pushable. over there. Yeah. <laughs> it's my voice, by the way. <laughs> I really like I that idea. I did it in one take. <laughs> <laughs> Won an award for that, too. Yep. <laughs> Won an award for explaining my award. <laughs> Yeah, so we'd be real chill if we had to. Yeah, oh, totally yeah. chill. Yeah, totally people would want to come back. They'd yeah, visit once I'd be like, you know where I want to go back to? Mm-hmm. Aaron's Award Corner. <laughs> <laughs> and then you could like re-record the explanation like every few weeks or yeah. months or something. Be like, but go check it out. It's new. It's new. Yeah, I did it with an accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, good uh, for her. Good for doing her. it her own way. Yeah. I love that tidbit. Mm-hmm. That's some great information to have. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah. I just thought you should know that going in. She's, you know, there was some buzz about her winning awards for this mm-hmm, movie, mm-hmm. but just saying. I mean, if there are haircut awards, that hairstylist needs to win Sharpest them. Sharpest haircut. Sharpest haircut. 2020. <laughs> I, really, though, it's got to be it, like, you know, the guys that are bald that, yeah. you know, you have to keep that up. Like, yes. you need a little bit of stubble. That's, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like every day, I bet there was some sort of ruler contraption or something and just you know making it. sure. Yeah. Yeah, there had to be. Listen, I don't know how to cut hair. So I don't know if that's a thing. I don't know how that works. I don't either. But I think but, that you're right. Yeah. I think that. Yeah. I don't think you're doing that with a Floby. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think you've got some sharp scissors out. So you're not doing it like I've been doing it the last few months where I'm just sort of putting it up in a big ponytail and then eyeing it. Like, that's fine. Wait that's a minute. You're putting it in a ponytail first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm pulling my hair up into a ponytail at the top of the head. Okay. And then pulling the hair straight, trimming it like across. Now, granted, my finger, my hands are sort of shaking, so I'm sure it's not straight. Then I put it down, part it, uh-huh. bring it around, make and- another ponytail in the front, trim off any loose stuff. Huh. I'm sure from the back it's a horror show, but I don't really care at this point. <laughs> it just like it just gets too long. And I'm like, fuck it, I gotta cut it. It's so bad. I want to know. 
I will also admit to after the breakup, I was like, I'm going to cut my hair. I'm going to be a cliche. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to own this cliche. I'm going to cut a couple inches off. And I did. You did. See, I didn't did. notice. So you must have done it well enough that it wasn't a, a horror show. Either that or I've been in ponytails since you, since that happened. Oh. Yeah. Okay. That could be. Doesn't matter. I would like to back. know how you arrived at the idea that putting it at the top in a ponytail to cut it first was the idea. I, I will tell you. I watched a YouTube video. Oh, okay. All uh, right. Well, I watched a few YouTube videos. Okay. This was the one where she seemed like she knew what she was doing. Okay. And I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Now, granted, she had very long hair, very straight hair. So it was probably easier. I got a whole wavy situation Yeah, here. you do. Yeah. So I had to wait until it was like three days after a shampoo where yeah. it was pretty um, limp. Weighed down. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. But also, the good thing about that is that it's more forgiving. You know, if you had Rosamund Pike true. hair, you can't be oh, no, just no, no, no. willy-nilly trimming something. That's a good point. The wave just sort of, it's like, oh, Absorbs who it. knows yeah. what's happening? Yeah. It's all willy-nilly. Well, yeah. I say kudos. Thank you. I think you should add that to your awards corner. Like, <laughs> I can cut my own hair. Did you know that? That could be just the, a postscript of the rest of it. Yep. I yes, like that. I cut yeah. my own hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, if you want to hear more hot tips like this every week, <laughs> you, can Why catch would us. <laughs> you can catch us in our next episode. Every Wednesday, we'll yeah. be back. Yeah. And until then, happy reading. I'm up again. Same night, another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open. The dreams are, they're in me, and they're they're coming out of me, and... Talk to me. I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. Their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor. The final evidence. The heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You. You. You hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. (laughs) Because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D, Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.